0: Log Talk Radio. Stephen B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network.
1: The Proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ by Members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. We're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
0: Good evening. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege they bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my special guests or my co-hosts on this broadcast, you can send me your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com or you can, can give me a call to steve b's midproduction production studio at 910-491-6405 now again this program is brought to you by members of the churches of christ and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area please feel free to contact us now folks get out your bibles and stay along with us here on what a word from the lord radio show
1: you're listening to What a Word from the Lord, radio show. Before we
0: go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me with a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you would be with my speakers on the broadcast, John Mayberry, as well as my co-host Shauna Otis and her team, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry, as they break unto our listeners the bread of light. We also ask your blessings upon my special guest, Tammy Randall, as she serves our community as well with various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors we pray that you would bless them and their families that support their efforts as well for we pray that you would be with our listeners who are tuning in this broadcast via blog talk radio as well as through social media we pray that they may listen well and that they may consider their eternal stance before you and their hearts may be pricked and it will cause them to ask the question what must i do to be saved. Father, we thank you so much for sending only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. For without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you'll continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful unto death, Father, we pray that you would save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all.
1: Amen. You are listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast this evening. And in the first segment, my special guest speaker was John Mayberry. He serves as the evangelist for the North Side Church of Christ there in Chicago. Uh, I'm sorry, in Detroit, Michigan. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the community corner, my special guest is Tammy Randall. She serves with the, uh, her business is the uh, credit repair out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Tammy's been on this show before, so we invited her to come back again because she has some very valuable information for our listeners. And in the last segment, my co-host, Shauna Otis, well, she's with the Great Church of Christ there in Nashville, Tennessee. She has a team, the Mid-Tennessee Ministry. And they'll be making a pro- the proclamation of the Gospel of Christ in the last segment of the broadcast. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show after the break that's what you hear that of my special guest speaker John Mayberry Enjoy the show.
1: You are listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show
2: God <laughs> <laughs> Is amazing. Why have you weeping?
1: You're listening to what a word from the lord radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ now
0: my special guest speaker john mayberry and his subject what jesus has done for me
3: you're live john Thank you, Brother Butler, and I want to thank all of you who are listening uh, for your attentiveness. I have to tonight to bring you a word from the Lord, I bring you greetings from the Church of Christ at Northside of Detroit, Michigan, where I'm, I'm blessed to be able to favor with what the saints here in Detroit. I'm not going to take up a whole lot of your time this evening, but I want to direct your attention to the first. Timothy, chapter 1, beginning at verse number 12 and reading through verse number 7. The book is First Timothy, the chapter is 1, and the verses are 12 through 17. Here the Apostle Paul writes to his son in the Gospel of Timothy, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemy, and a persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful thing and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should the hereafter believe on him to life eternal. And I to the king eternal, immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. One of the things that we will discover, if we have not already, is that the most constant thing in our lives is called change. For example, we all go through physical change. Our hair tends to turn gray, maybe even thin a little or just disappear altogether like mine. We may gain or lose weight. We may get a few wrinkles here and there. These are just a few of the physical changes that we go through. Not only do we go through physical changes, but we go through emotional and and psychological changes. Our personalities change, our dispositions change, our proclivity change. Uh, you don't think the way you used to five or ten years ago. When we think about change, most of us, it's a, a process that we would just as soon do without. Most of us are, are pretty stubborn, and that includes me. And we're set in our way. And the older we get, the harder it is for us to change. But people can and do change. The Apostle Paul had an experience of change. We know over in Acts chapter 9 where he was traveling down the road to Damascus. And he was suddenly struck down and blinded. And the voice said to him, Paul. Saul, why do you persecute me? He replies, who are you? And the voice replied that he was Jesus. And I'll tell you something. After his encounter with Jesus, he was never the same again. His whole attitude and his whole outlook on life, the word for us right there, even before we get into the text, an encounter with Jesus will leave you changed. And for those who really haven't changed since they met Jesus, I dare to say this, this evening, you probably haven't even met him yet if there's been no change. Paul was changed. Now, did Paul forget about his past? No. Was he proud of his past? But God, forgiving his past through His unlimited grace and mercy, afforded Paul the opportunity to change, to go from ignorance to knowledge, to go from unbelief to belief. And although Paul changed, he had come a long way when he writes to Timothy. But he wasn't yet perfect. He still struggled. He still had problems. He wasn't there yet. But he was moving forward and continuing on. And Paul shows us that he was not content to be the same man. He knew that following Christ would transform him into something greater. Paul didn't allow his past to hinder him. He used it to become a great witness to the mercy and grace of God. And no matter how bad things became, Paul didn't complain. He just praised God for the stress that God had given him and the hope that God had given him by his relationship with Christ. And because of Paul's encounter with Christ, he had a lot to be thankful for, and it's the same for those of us who have encountered Jesus and who have uh, accepted the grace and the forgiveness of an almighty God. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, you can proclaim right now, thank God I'm not what I used to be. And Paul here wants Timothy to understand something about all of this. give you a little bit of background here. Three years of preaching at a place called Ephesus, Paul left the church in the hands of a young preacher by the name of Timothy. Timothy was a young man. He was in his first assignment, and he had encountered his share of problems. He had to combat false teachers in Ephesus. He had to deal with the rise of false doctrine within that body of of Christians. He had to to, to confront disorder in the worship service. There was a need for him to find and and to uh, ordain qualified leaders. He had to deal with the the onset of materialism among uh, the Christians there. And in the midst of all of this, Age is increased its ugly head in the mix because some people there are considered Timothy to be too young to handle all of this. It's true that Timothy had a whole lot on his plate. So Paul writes to encourage this young preacher to continue to serve the Lord faithfully and to challenge him to continue to grow in the Lord and stand for the truth in spite of all of the opposition he faces. And in an effort of accomplishing this goal, Paul uses his own life as an example of what Jesus can do through his grace and through his power. He says to Timothy, look at me. Look at what Jesus has done for me. Because Paul understood something. He understood that if Timothy could ever see that God could take a man like Paul, save him by grace, and use him for his glory, that God could do a wonderful work through Timothy as well. And I just want to take some time this evening to look at Paul's personal testimony. I find that what Jesus did in and to and for Paul, he has also done in and to and for me and in and to and for all of those who were saved by his grace. I just want to dwell on the subject for a moment, what Jesus has done for me. Let's think at Paul's testimony. First part of his testimony is the testimony of a sinner. Verse 13, Paul says this, "Who was before a blasphemy and a persecutor and injurious, but I have attained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Goes on in verse 15 to say this, that Christ Jesus came into the world, the saved sinner, of whom I am speaking. By Paul's own admission, he was guilty of breaking the law of the Lord. As a blasphemer, he had spoken evil of, and he had slandered the name of God. And by doing so, he had failed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, And with all thy mind. As a persecutor and as an injurious man, he was guilty of murder and hatred and cruelty aimed at his fellow man. Here he had failed to love his neighbor as himself. He was a sinful person and he stood guilty before the Lord. Don't get it wrong this evening. Paul was religious but he was lost in his sin. And before we come too hard on Paul, we need to take a closer look at ourselves because we are as guilty as Paul was. We, just like Paul, have nothing in our past to brag about. Lost and undone before the Lord and wicked to the core and deserving of hell, is what we were when God found us. Paul also talks about some deception in, in, in this, this testimony. Verse 13, Paul lets us know that he did what he did in ignorance. He's not making no excuses. He's simply stating the facts. Paul did not understand the, the, the ramifications of his act. He thought he was earnestly and faithfully serving God. He had rejected Jesus and the gospel message because he was sincerely trying to earn his own salvation. He was blind until Jesus came and opened his eyes. And here again, Paul's life mirrors our own life, poured into the Bible. All those who are lost are blind to their condition and their destiny. Matter of fact, Paul puts it this way, and he sees this too much, that they are dead in trespasses and sins. None of us could see our condition. None of us could see our need until the Holy Spirit quickened us and pointed us to Jesus. So looking at this deception and looking at his deeds, Paul sums it up with a diagnosis. Verse 15, Paul says that he was the chief of sinners. In essence, Paul was saying before Jesus saved me, I was as bad as a man could get. And if you don't believe that, just look at what Paul said in Romans 7, uh, 18 through 25. We don't have time to go into it all tonight. But, but Paul let us know that even saved Paul, even preacher Paul, even Apostle Paul, even used by the Lord Paul, still had to deal with sin and evil trying to get the upper hand in his life. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like Paul did sometimes. I look at my life, and I see so much that needs to be changed. And I feel so powerless to change it. And it's true. Because in and of myself, I am powerless to change it. But thanks be to God, God, uh, uh, by his grace, gives us power and gives us time and space to become what he wants us to be. And then secondly, Paul gives us the testimony of the saints. This is what he says in, in verse 13 again. The deep clause of that verse says this, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Paul lets us know that there were two great gifts from God that resulted in his salvation. Number one, mercy. And number two, grace. In his mercy, God did not give Paul the condemnation that he deserved. And in his grace, God gives him the perfect salvation that he did not deserve. It was mercy that held off the wrath of God, and it was grace that came to him on the Damascus road and confronted him concerning his sinful condition and saved his soul. Paul tells us something else about that, that grace and that mercy that saw him and bought him. He tells us that it was exceeding abundant. Now, that might sound like some double-talk to some folks, but it simply means this. It means that God had more grace than Paul would ever need. Where Paul's sins had abounded, God's grace did much more abound. And by the way, when Paul says he obtained mercy, it simply means this. Paul did not seek mercy. Paul wasn't out there looking for mercy. Paul didn't wake up one day and say, oh, I I need God's mercy. But mercy found him anyway. He didn't deserve that mercy, but mercy came to him regardless. He didn't understand mercy at the time, but mercy became his nonetheless. Those of us who are saved this evening are saved because of those things from the hands of a glorious, loving God. It was God's mercy that held off his wrath as we wandered away in the darkness of sin. It was his grace that reached out to us in love to confront us to call us to Jesus so we could be saved. And understand something, just like Paul discovered that that God's grace was exceeding in abundance. It's the same with us. His grace is more abundant than I think. Let me tell you something. You aren't going to heaven by the skin of your feet. It bothers me when I talk to Christians, and and they hope that they are barely saved, or I I hope I just squeak in uh, uh, to heaven, that ain't it. You, if you go to heaven, you're going held tightly in the grip of God's grace. And that grace was not just salvation of Paul's soul. But it was exceeding abundance of faith all of those who come to God by faith. There was something else about this conversion.
1: Paul lets us know
3: that when grace came, it came with faith and love. When the Lord saved home, he was able to believe that which He had formerly denied. when grace came. It allows Paul to love a God and a people he had formerly hated. And that's what God's grace and salvation would do for us, you and me. It will cause us to believe things that we've doubted in the past. It will cause us to love things that, that we've always despised. In other words, salvation through God's grace will change your life completely, totally, and eternally. But the third branch of Paul's testimony, testimony of the servant, I want you to listen with me at verse 12 real closely. Look at what Paul says here. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he's telling me putting me into the ministry. I want to say that again. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. who has enabled me so that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Paul lets us know here that he is serving the Lord because the Lord found him faithful and put him in the ministry. Now I need to, 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 to make you understand something about the terms that Paul used. When Paul says the ministry, Paul's not simply talking about preaching. You see, that's a ministry. But there are a whole lot of other ministries for those who God did not put into that ministry. That word ministry just simply means service. And get this clearly this evening. God does not save a man to have him just sit on the pew for an hour and a half on Sunday morning until his second coming so he can go off to heaven. One of the reasons God saved you and I is to serve. God placed Paul in ministry. And truth be told, he places every one of us that he saved in ministry as well. That your ministry may be different than mine. And that's because the gifts that God gave you are different than the gifts that God gave me. But God gave all of us some gifts to be used in his service. And our duty is to serve him wherever he makes us serve him faithfully. God also not only put him there, he enables him to do there. Paul uses that word enable. That word means to be used with power. Paul didn't do what he did just because he was a great preacher or teacher. He didn't do what he did simply because he had a great intellect. He didn't do what he did because of his any innate or natural ability. He did what he did by the power of God. He was energized for his call by God. And that's part of Paul's testimony. And it's part of yours as well as uh, he saved you and you are faithful. God not only calls you but he enables you to serve wherever he calls you to be. You don't have to fear serving God because if God calls you, he will prepare you and he will equip you and he will give you the resources that you need to have to get his work done for his glory. There's a fourth plan, of Paul's testimony. And that's the testimony of a church. Watch verse 16. How be for this cause I have saved my that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him, for life everlasting. Put Paul just here, says that the reason God chose to extend his mercy and grace toward him was to use Paul as a pattern. God wanted Paul as proof positive of his long suffering with man. God wanted everyone who saw Paul to understand that if he would say save anybody who comes to him. And Paul lets us know that Paul himself is a pastor. Paul is making two great statements here. First of all, that God can save Paul, God can and will save anyone. And secondly, and even more important, the way God saves Paul is a pattern that shows others how they have to be saved. Condition of faith and faith and obedience in the crucified and risen Christ. In essence, what Paul says, my life is a showpiece. God saved me, and he put me on display for his glory to point others to Jesus. And get it this evening, if God saves you, you ought to be a showpiece of God's glory as well. Let me tell you why a lot of us don't want to be showpieces. Yeah, we're ready to talk about the goodness and the grace of God and how he brought us to where we are. If you want me to understand something, in order to understand where God brought you to, you also have to understand what God brought you out of. And a lot of us don't want the out of part of our lives for the before God to be known by others. We want folks to think that we were holy from birth. But Paul lets us know That I was all of this. I was tore up from the floor. I was messed up as a person could be. But God's grace saved me, and now I'm a showpiece to show others what God can do with their lives. And if we would just ever be honest with ourselves, and let folks see both the before and the after pictures of our lives. It would show a lost and dying world what Christ could do for them as well. We ought to be willing to be trophies of God's grace and be living testimony to his life-changing power. There's a last branch here and I'll be done. Drop down to verse 17. Paul breaks out and says, Now unto the king, Immortal, invisible, the only wise God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul here goes back down memory lane. He remembers what he was on all that Jesus has done for him. And when he considers all of that, he can't hold back his anthem of praise. Paul here gives the testimony of the song. He bursts into a dichology of faith to the glory of God. And here he sets the right example for us. Every saint needs to remember where Jesus found them and what he has brought them through and what he is doing through them and where he is taking them. And when we consider where he found us and what he did for us and what he's doing in us and where he's taking us, how could we possibly go through our days and not praise him? When we remember who he is and who we are, How could we not lift our voices in praise to him? God is worthy, and God's people are to be about the business of praising his name. And if you're a child of God right now, you have a testimony that resembles the testimony of Paul. I know I do. Because I can surely say that the Lord has been good and gracious to me. And if you tell the truth, he's been good and gracious to you and well. And I just want to encourage all of us to lift out that testimony in a life of service and glory and praise. And if you haven't lived up to that, now is your time to get it together with God. Now is your time to turn it around and and, and come back to God recognizing that you've fallen short. Because part of the grace of God is that he is faithful and just to forgive as many times as you need If you're not a child of God this morning, I want you to recognize that God's grace is extended to you as well understand what that grace looks like. Right. Paul wrote to the Roman church in Romans 5 and verse number 8, for God committed his love toward us, and that why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Picture that. While we were yet sinners. In other words, Paul didn't break, uh, Paul lets us know that God didn't break you, you got yourself together. It bothers me to hear folks say, well, when I get together, I'm going to come to Jesus. No, no, if you could get yourself together, there'd be no need for you. Jesus came to you when you needed him most. When you were dead in sin and trespass. And you already know a dead man can't go nowhere in and of his own power. God came to him. God came to Paul. God came to me. God will come to you. And all you have to do, understand this, is believe what you just said. That Christ Jesus, when you were in sin, died for you. And now you can live to him. You do so, first of all, by believing what you just said. Do also by the thinking of your and do so also by confessing that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God and being baptized in them, and back to him in water baptism for the remission of your sins. And if you stand in need, I encourage you right now to reach out either on this program or to any church of Christ in your local area. The message is yours this evening. And at this time, I'm going to turn the program back over to the other You're listening
1: to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show, The Community Corner.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, The Community Corner is designed to just simply tell our listeners just what products and services are available or what products are being offered in our communities and how you can contact these various vendors for their services. Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be surprised to know just what products and services that people have to offer that are sitting right there among us in our congregations. This is one of my favorite segments because we just get a chance to hear just what are some of the things that people are doing around us to serve in our community. We've had people on this broadcast who are in financial services, legal services. We've had authors. We've had college consultants. Uh we've had professional boxers, we've had NFL players, we've had casting producers for television shows, just on and on. We just had all kind of folk on this radio show. We're just so proud of that fact. Ladies and gentlemen, my special guest in the community corner is Tammy Randall. She's with the UCES Financial Services. T. Randall Financial Frenzy. She lives in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Tammy Randall, welcome to the Community Corner.
4: Thank you. Thank you for asking me. Really
0: appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Tammy has been on this broadcast before, but she has some great information for our listeners, so we just invited her to come back again. We can never get enough of Tammy because of the services (laughs) that she's providing to our community. Tammy, why don't you tell my listeners now, what services are you providing to our community?
4: Okay, I can do that. We're a financial education company that focuses on establishing, building, and protecting families across the U.S. So now, um, we – go ahead. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I, th- I thought you well, was giving me a break there.
4: <laughs> well, I, I can, but um, we offer 12 services, which in, does include our primary service of credit repair.
0: Now, how long have you been doing this?
4: Um, I've actually been involved for just over a year, and um, I've helped hundreds of families get their credit back on track. Can buy those homes or those cars, or even not have to pay extra security deposits on, you know, moving into an apartment because they look at your credit score for that. Along with a lot of times, um, when you look when you go for a job, they look at your credit score.
0: Now, I think that's interesting that you've only been involved in this for a year. How did you uh, get involved in this business?
4: Well, I actually needed the service. I um, had five eye surgeries in 2018 that left me legally blind in my left eye and also left me with $70,000 worth of medical bills. Wow. So I really needed the help and um, the service was shown to me and I jumped in and my credit score went up uh, 80 points in the first 45 days. But the wow. best part is my daughter. <laughs> um, she got involved also and uh, they deleted five medical collections, a charge off and updated her Jeep payment to current, which it hadn't been because she got furloughed due to COVID. Her credit Ooh. score jumped two hundred points in sixty days.
0: Wow.
4: So yeah, so I got involved because of those results.
0: Now now do you all charge people for these services? Or is it free or how we, does that work?
4: No no, we do. Um we actually it's hundred and eighty eight dollars to get started, um, and it's eighty nine dollars a month after that. We have um we we are guaranteed and um you know you can cancel whenever you want because there's no contract but we also have 11 other services that go along with that credit repair we have will preparation we have id monitoring we have budgeting tools we have financial lockbox and a bunch of other things that go along with the the credit repair in that one monthly fee
0: you know Tammy one thing that i have discovered um Being raised up in the Lord's church, just because you're a Christian, that doesn't mean you have good credit. (laughs)
4: That's right. That is absolutely right.
0: And there's some really
4: big people that have bad credit, too. You know, there's a lot of famous people out there that, you know, they have the money, but they don't have the credit to go along with that money.
0: Now, do you all do workshops in churches to uh, tell them about your services?
4: You know, actually, actually I've been reaching out to um, several pastors, so I can do a presentation for them so they can let me know if I can share that with their congregations because it's so important for me to get out there and help as many people as we can. So, yes.
0: Now, how can my listeners uh, contact you for your services?
4: My phone number is 607-423-5908. Or you can um, message me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, Tammy Randall or uh, Trandall's Financial Frenzy, and you can private message me there. Or you can email me at Trandall's Financial Frenzy at com.
0: Tammy, thank you so much for joining us on the radio show. This was a last-minute fill-in, ladies and gentlemen. I had a, a <laughs> cancellation just before I went on the air. And Tammy was gracious to accept that invitation to come back on the broadcast. We certainly appreciate it, Tammy.
4: Well, I appreciate you for bringing me back on. I really appreciate being able to get the word out to so many others that need this
5: service.
0: Amen. Thank you, Tammy. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. The Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry is updates. Stay tuned to What a Word from the Lord, radio show.
1: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord, radio show. It ain't
2: easy, no. Sometimes it gets hard down. Anybody
1: listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. My name
6: is Bryant Malone, and you're listening to the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour of Power on the What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
5: Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and my brothers and sisters in Christ. I bring you greetings from the state of Tennessee. My name is Shawna Otis. I am the co-host of the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour of Power. I am also the president of the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry. We thank you for tuning in to our show tonight. I am also here tonight with the members of the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry. Our mission is to empower singles to become fully devoted to followers of Christ, to encourage one another to live an abundant life, and to equip singles to demonstrate God's love by reaching the lost, by reaching the lost teaching and preaching God's word. I'm going to stop right here because I'm hearing background noises, but we're asking all the microphones are live. So we're asking everyone to place your phones on mute. All the microphones are live, and we're asking everybody to place their phones on mute. If following the show, you would like to make a donation to the ministry, you can donate via our cash app using our cash tag, dollar sign, capital M-I-D, capital T-N, capital S, I N G L E S. If by any chance you have questions or comments concerning the show, you may reach us via our email at m b t n Singles at Gmail dot com. We ask you that when you make your comments or your questions this evening that you remember to place your phones back on mute to eliminate all background noises. As all the microphones are live. And we're still hearing background noises. Okay. Our moderator for tonight's show, our moderator for tonight's show, uh, moderators for tonight's show are Sherika Johnson and Julian Webster. Um, the topic, the topic tonight is the grass ain't always greener on the other side. We ask you, don't be afraid to speak, as this is a no-pass judgment zone. Has there ever been a time in your life when you just wanted to see if the grass was greener on the other side? We're going to talk about that tonight, Sharika and Julian. What is your take on the story of the Particle Sun? Hello,
4: everybody. This is Sharika.
7: Julian.
8: Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, glad to be with you. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, hearing uh, a good conversation and also leading the discussion. So.
7: Yes, we're super excited. Um, we work together um, on this topic. Um, Julian came up with the um, with the title um, for this topic, and we're actually going to come with a unique perspective, a different perspective, I would say. Wouldn't you agree, Julian? Uh,
8: you know, I guess it depends on how many unique people we got out there, but it could be unique, <laughs> right?
7: Okay. And so, like Shauna said, Um, This is a very interactive show. It is live. We want the feedback. We want you to comment. We want you to express your feelings, thoughts um, about the topic. I know everybody um, knows about um, the parable of the lost son um, in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. So um, I think I'm going to kick it off, Um, uh, be the first one to start. Is that okay, Julian?
8: Yes, ladies first. <laughs>
7: okay. So the title is The Grass Ain't Always Greener on the Other Side. Now, when I read the story of the parable of the lost son um, in Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11, the first thing that stood out to me was forgiveness and compassion. Those two words just stood out to me after I finished reading Um the parable of the lost son, um, I believe the biggest lesson here is about compassion and forgiveness. Now, some may disagree with me and say, no, Sharika, this lesson is regarding wisdom. And I can see that, but it depends on the perspective of how you're reading this parable. So anybody out there can you agree with me or do you disagree with me? Do you believe that the parable son is centered around forgiveness and compassion or wisdom? And don't all speak at once.
8: Hey, Sharika, I'll uh, jump in here just to make sure we uh, clarify details and because I'm, yes. I'm a, a student of the word. So we want to make sure that we're getting the subject matter text down first, and then we'll jump yes. back to that question because, of course, the parable uh, can give us several things. Uh, but so yeah. in context, of course, Luke's 15, it's a parable on the lost. So anyone who studies this chapter, we know all three parables have something to do with the lost children of Israel. And so then when we get to the prodigal son, Jesus is using this example again to stimulate the Pharisees and saying that even though the Pharisees mm-hmm. are the leaders of their time, that the uh, all those, whether they were uh, considered sinners, such as prostitutes, tax collectors, things of that nature. Right. Those people right. also had a place in mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. And so because of that, he yeah. uses the Good parable point. to then uh, parallel how these people were treated, meaning they may have left God, uh, but mm-hmm. if they come back, that, that God has open arms for them. So just want to make yeah. sure we get that out of the way. It is, yeah. or in context, the audience mm-hmm. would have heard this as a parable of the lost. But of course what we're using it for a little bit today <laughs> is uh, some of the other offshoots or things that you can get from his uh using of that story. And I just wanted to clarify mm-hmm. that and then we so somebody else, if you got ideas on compassion and how it's used in the parable, love to hear it.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Mm-hmm. Or listen. Okay. Oh, was someone going to say something? So, since we don't hear anything, so we're going to go back. So let's go back to see how I came to this point in regards to compassion and forgiveness. So in Luke fifteen, um, verse eleven through fourteen, we see a young man who asked for his inheritance, and he went out into they say the far country, or as we and he did some things that he shouldn't have done. So let's stop there, because I'm going to break it down, um, and, and we're going to talk about it and dissect it. So I know I can see everybody out there. So raise your hand if you have ever done something that you should not have done. I see two, three, four, five. Okay, good, good. All right. So um, raise your hand if you were blessed with something that you did not handle right, okay? I I see some people raising their hands, all right? So now if that's going just a little bit too deep, so raise your hand if you've ever stepped foot on the – all of us have done that. I think all of us have made a mistake. All of us have been blessed with something from God that we did not use in the right way. Can we all agree on that?
8: Let the church say amen.
7: Okay. (laughs) Okay, and so when we're looking at this with the prodigal son, that's where I started seeing, okay, compassion, forgiveness. Okay, so where is this going? Where is this going? So we've all been there and done that. All right, so... When we are looking at verse, let's go over here. I am looking at my Bible. I hope you guys have your Bible too. Um, When we look at verse 15, see him wanting to take responsibility for saying that, okay, I'm running out of money here. I went out here. I took my inheritance. I wanted to go out. I was a little curious. I was a little immature. Um, I should have done some things i I should have done some things that I did, but you know what? now I'm out of money. I need to do something. I need to find a job and he took the responsibility to go out to find a job to help him get some money to satisfy whatever need he had and we see after verse fifteen it gets to sixteen it says he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So number 17, where are we at here? 17 through 20 really stood out to me personally. And what happened was self-reflection. Here on verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out to go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. This section here, 17 through 20, I believe is so critical on our journey as Christians. God knows that we're not perfect, but it's up to the individual to do the work, to do the self-reflection, and to make those changes. Having the word as our tool, having a support system, having love, having compassion, having forgiveness helps us on our journey to get to where we need to go and get to where we need to be in our lives. Julian, how do you feel about that? Or what are your thoughts? Uh,
8: You know, I think we all definitely have a journey. And when we, you know, take a step back from the parable and consider the relationships, uh, because this is kind of what you've been Uh, hitting going, right, the relationships within the story, how is it that the son relates to the father and that the son, even though he squandered his living, is still able to have a relationship with his father. And so, you know, that's the thing that uh, makes it interesting to me is that some of us end relationships for less reasons than the uh, father would have needed for the son. And we don't have anything mm-hmm. to do with, do with folks. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got people mm-hmm. that may owe you twenty dollars, and because they were two weeks late, exactly. I'm giving you that twenty dollars. You start fooling with them.
7: Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. And so, when we look at, you know, our job, when we look at our marriages, when we look at, uh oh, oh. If there's anybody who um since you can mute your phone, we hear a really good t v show going on right now. oh yay, okay, <laughs> thanks so um so if you if we all take a deep look at ourselves um when we look at our relationships, like Julian was saying, whether it's our job, marriage, money, parents, et cetera, they're all blessings to us because God blessed us with those things. But sometimes our journey can be like the lost sign. We may end up going to the left. We may end up going to the right. But it takes us, it, the responsibility, owning what we have done wrong, knowing that, you know what is even though the other person may have done this to me, I'm going to take responsibility for what it is of what I have done. That is crucial. That is crucial in our steps and in our growth. And then when we get to the self-reflection, that is deep. And I'm going to share with you all on how to self-reflect. Can, does anybody have an example out there? Do you do any methods of self-reflection what does your self-reflection look like look like for you Um, anyone would like to share do you do self-reflection and you can unmute
8: (laughs) right so when we think about you know the need for self-reflection i think just the old school count to 10 when you're mad, you know, that that works. Uh, just the morning reflection of prayer, uh, if you have that habit, I think that works as well. You know, we can't mm-hmm. discount uh, that morning prayer. I, I know that's something that we don't necessarily uh, cultivate as much as we did. I know when I was growing up, you know, you said mm-hmm. you're praying in the morning over your meal before you went to bed. So that reflection <laughs> helps in keeping God in your mind. Uh, mm-hmm. But the need is definitely there, right? Second Corinthians 13 uh, and 5 talks about the need for us to uh, know that or examine ourselves lest we miss the mark. And so mm-hmm. there's a definitely need for self-reflection. Uh, but as far yes. as cultivating it, I, I think that's uh, where a lot of us uh, have issues uh-huh. because we're, we're so yeah. on the go that maybe we don't yes. stop and take that moment to mm-hmm. create. Mm
2: Self-reflection.
7: Right. And that's getting into a space. So let me give you guys the definition of what self-reflection is. So meditate on, evaluate, and to give serious thought to your behavior, thoughts, attitudes, motivations, and desires. Pretty much analyzing your life. And sometimes, like Julian's saying, we're always on the go. Whether we're caretakers, whether we're parents, whether we're spouses, um, leading, you know, the pulpit, or whether we're um, um, leading the table or Sunday school, we are on the go, go, go. And we make time to do everything else except for finding that quiet space where we can self-reflect on us. And some um here are some examples of how you can. If you say, Well, Sharika, I don't know how to self reflect. Like I don't know what to do. I'm stressed out and I um I don't know what to do. Okay. Meditate. Meditation is another way, um to help with self reflection. Yeah. Journaling is there's a there's an art to journaling and and it's really interesting when you really go um, into the depth of how to journal. I thought it was just pretty much just throwing your thoughts and everything out on paper, but there's actually an art to journaling. So if you're into journaling or want to get into journaling, I would say um, YouTube some of those um, um, those unique ways of how it's done. Um, taking a walk into nature. Um, when you take a walk in nature that just frees your spirit. Um, you connect with earth. Um, it's very relaxing, very quiet. Um, your brain doesn't have to think. Um and everybody's gonna laugh at this one. But I do this, but talk to yourself out loud. <laughs> Julian, do you talk to yourself out loud?
8: <laughs> uh, you'll never know, yeah.
7: Come on now, you come on, Julian.
8: Sharika, oh. we we know you talk to yourself. I don't even have to, like, be around you, and I'm sure you have self-conversations. No, no, no. I uh, I, I do have moments where it makes more sense if I say it out loud. So I won't leave you right. out there by yourself, sister. I, too, uh, speak things to the universe, as they say.
2: I think Julia. Right.
7: Thank you. <laughs> Does anybody else talk to themselves out loud? Because sometimes, right, and and it feels good to get it out, doesn't it?
5: It really does. Like, I just don't answer myself, though.
7: And that's the trick. Like, you cannot answer yourself. You can talk to yourself, but don't turn around and be like, oh, okay, let's do it. Yay! And <laughs> so that would not be good. So... Um, I actually, um, talking to yourself out loud helps you hear yourself. You know, I know that I'm going to do well on this job. I know I'm going to pass this test. I know that what's, in, what's hindering me, Father, I know that you're going to release me from that, Heavenly Father. I know that you're going to pour into my account, Heavenly Father. You see what I'm going through right now, Heavenly Father. You know that um, I've, I've been trying to. To, to move to another state, Heavenly Father, but I just keep getting roadblocks after roadblocks Heavenly Father. And and it, so talking it out, um, talking to yourself out loud. Now, I was talking to God, but you can put God in the midst of talking to yourself out loud, but that's what I do sometimes to get it out there, to get it out there in the universe. And um, just so to me it's like I'm, he hears me. I know he hears me. Um you know, when I'm silently speaking to him, but for some reason, I feel like he hears me more <laughs> when I talk to myself out loud um reading um reading is another way that you can self reflect um meaning that it takes your mind somewhere else. It takes your mind to um another place where you don't have to dwell on um have to dwell on your um, problems that you currently have. Um, another one is, is breathing exercises. So performing breathing exercises, um, I have not mastered that art, but I heard that it really does help um, in that when you do breathing exercises. It helps calm the nerves, and it helps everyone to be centered. Um, so, Julian, since we know that, um, you do talk to yourself. Do you perform or do you participate in any type of breathing exercises or anything that I mentioned besides the talk out loud? <laughs> uh,
8: no, no, not familiar. Uh, so I have seen breathing exercises, um, but I do not have that as my ritual. So can I claim that? No.
7: Okay. Okay. So I know that we currently have four minutes left. Um, I would like to open um, the airways to our wonderful listeners out there. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, um, do you agree? Do you not agree? What are your thoughts, thus far from what you have heard? We'll give you guys about ten seconds to respond.
9: Well, if I may, uh, I'm Patrick, and Memphis, perspective I do agree with what you're saying there. Uh I know one thing while we're looking at the uh being on the greener on the on the other side is uh, I think we also have to reflect and and and, and concentrate on the facts and talk to ourselves about why is that particular situation greener. You know, why why is that job why is that job better? Why you know, why mm-hmm. is that grass greener? Why that that relationship, uh, you know, looks better. And of course, like I said, it looks better. But you know, of course, if you've seen any Tyler Perry movie, you know, it's always not always mm-hmm. on the other side, right? Uh, you know, right. with that. So, so, so you have to. I feel like you know, what I try to do and I'm not good at it is try to break it down to a, why do I want this? You know, wow. you know, it, it, you know, I might, I might want it because it's pretty. But then I might mm-hmm. want it because, you know, I I, I just need it. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. One one of the
9: things we have to realize that mo- if we really think about it, if we got everything that we wanted, uh, we'd be in very bad shape. uh, uh oh, yeah, per se. I agree. Uh, so so the thing once if you can break it down till you don't have another answer of why you want it. Uh, then maybe it is something that, you know, you need to have and you have to break it down of what it takes to make it greener, to make it right, you know.
7: I
10: would uh, like if, it's that.
9: Re- if it's a relationship, if it's a job, what do I have to do to 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 make it work? Uh and mm-hmm. especially with a relationship uh once I have another one come up, I'll I i always try to have the motto of I won't be the first one to give up on the uh, relationship.
7: Oh, well, that is wonderful. I like how you said, you know, what can I do to make this grass greener? You know, what can I do to make this job better? And I think, you know, when we find that contentment and being content to, you know, where we are, the Lord will open gates um, for us to uh, receive those blessings. Um, with with not trying to get off the subject. Um, I know there was a situation with me at work where I had to be content in a valley for a minute, and it really wasn't a good feeling to be there. Um, I could have, um, you know, said all kind of things and just acted out on behavior, but I learned to serve and I learned to love um, in spite of what was being done to me. And um, when I thought that that's when God should have moved me, He did not. He did not move me until after I became content. And that's when he opened the floodgates and an opportunity just fell in my lap. So, you know, the Lord, you know, operated in mysterious ways. But, hey, everybody, guess what? We have to go to commercial break. And I know this was really good. We'll pick back up. But uh, we're about to
5: go to commercial break.
7: And, yeah, and we'll pick back up. We'll be left off. So we're
2: handing back over to CBD. Oh, no, no.
7: Tennessee Singles Hour Pod. Well, hello and welcome back. This is Sharika and... Mr.
9: Julian. Julian, yes, yes.
7: <laughs> hello, I hope everybody's having a good time. I hope everybody is enjoying the topic thus far. Um, Mr. Julian is actually going to... Um, do the second segment and we're going to come back together and wrap it up. So I will give you guys my final points. If that's cool, I don't want to take his time. Um, cause I know he is going to come at it with a different perspective, which I'm interested to hear. And I know all the viewers, um, and look, okay. So Julian,
8: it's on you. Okay. Uh The thing about the title and how we got to the grass ain't always greener. We even put that uh, bad English in there just to drive the point home (laughs) that uh, for for many of us, you know, we found ourselves coming out of a season of self-denial. So whether that was by force or by choice, meaning COVID had us uh, locked in our houses, for some reason we had to curtail our desires. And so because of that, now that things are opening up, we see this proverbial floodgates of uh, revenge trips uh, and people going uh, to restaurants ordering several different types of food just because they haven't been able to do it, uh, which I don't understand. But apparently (laughs) people have this longing for more, this longing for doing something else. And one of the things that I wanted to get across is that sometimes when we have this longing for more, that longing gets us in trouble. And so the the parable son, I think it gives us uh, an interesting jumping off topic or a jumping off uh, period for us to think through how some of the things that we want and we don't have affect our relationship with the Lord. So we see that in our text, uh, the second son, and he's commonly called the prodigal son, uh, traded his security in from his father's house for the need to explore in the far country and so one of the things that popped up in my mind as as i'm looking at the prodigal son uh sharika gave us kind of a relational view of the parable and uh, i'm looking at it more of a process meaning thought process can we pull some things from the thought process of the second son uh, that can help us as we think through us uh, getting back to our normal routine Uh, so the the lack of wisdom that the second son, um, or I should say that's implied for the second son is his downfall. So the thing I wanna make sure that we we see here is that Luke uh, chapter 15 and verse 13, uh, the scriptures don't say that there is anything wrong with him going to the far country, but whether that he wasted his substance with riotous living. And so uh, a bit of our analysis analysis is a projection of the fact that uh, Jesus is calling the lost Uh, But in that calling, maybe for some of us, we don't either hear it or we don't uh, adhere to that calling because there are other things that get our desire. And so when we think about desires and making sure that we're desiring the right thing, uh, I believe it was Patrick talked a little bit about making sure that his decision process made sense when he was looking at what he was going to choose. And that's kind of the mindset that I want us to think about is that as we are getting back to the new normal, are we making sure that God is a part of that process? You know, for many of us, uh, that riotous living probably applies to us. You know, when we think about things that we spent our time on, are we lusting after things because we haven't had the chance to get them, or are we just fulfilling our need? You know, I don't want to make it sound like there's anything wrong with you wanting something else, because Lord knows some of us need some new clothes. Some of us need a new car. Have you been sitting in that same car that uh, the the— gas light always is on, the the, uh, air conditioning doesn't work, it's the summertime, it's a little hot, you probably need something else. But what I want to make sure that we're paying attention to is that in our season of getting more, that we are also spending time with God. And so just a little bit, and then we'll get Sharika's thoughts uh, before I I jump into my points. Uh, So the Layman Bible Encyclopedia says that lust is misdirected and excessive desires. And because of this, it throws human life into chaos. And so that's kind of what we see here with the prodigal son is that when he went off into the far country, it wasn't wrong with him getting his goods and going somewhere. It's just that when he got to where he was going, he wasted it because of riotous is living. And so, Sharika, what do, you, what do you think about that as we view the prodigal son and, and just making decisions? Mm-hmm.
7: Yes. So um, he made a mistake. And with and remember a key word here is younger. So when we look at a younger individual um who is given um we don't know how much money he was he received, but anybody young that gets a little change in their pocket, they don't
5: know how to use
7: that. And we don't see if he was taught, you know, how to use it. We didn't see any directions given to the son. But what he did he did something that was immature. He did something that um he was probably naive. He did not make the right decision. So was his behavior not good? Yes, it was not good. But we still should we should still forgive him and show him compassion.
8: Right, okay. So we all need that compassion and, and uh you yes. know the the uh, story ends, of course, with the Father showing that compassion. Uh, but the thing that I kind of want to help us uh, think through as as we come back to that normal, or if we're struggling with, you know, how do I use this these funds or, or these resources that I've been blessed with, uh, all these things that I haven't had uh, anywhere to go. But now that I do, uh, what am I going to do with them? Because, again, we see in the uh, prodigal son that uh, when he gets to that far country, riotous living takes a hold of his mind, and so, in my mind, that means that there is some kind of impulse or there 's some kind of uh process that that he didn 't go through or something takes over his decision making process so that the impulses of his Uh, desires takes over the godly wisdom or his father wisdom that he had when he was in his father's house. And so that's the thing that I think some of us tend to battle against is that we have wisdom, but when those desires, maybe a little bit of that lust gets in us, we lose the heavenly wisdom or the fatherly wisdom that's given to us. And so how is it Uh, that, that impulse that's within us all to go spend and go do more, live uh, the, the life that everyone else is telling us we should live. How do we bring that under control? And so those are the two points that I'm going to be talking through. So one of the first things I think we can do in helping to get away from that impulsive decision-making one is to find your focus. And I, I know that may sound like a, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A motivational speech type of uh, point. But I think that's something we have to pay attention to is, is that you have to find your focus. Because what you think you want may not be everything that it's hyped up to be, which is how we get the title, that the grass ain't always greener. I'll give you uh, a lesson from my life. So 2019, the Oculus Quest comes out. You know, that's the virtual reality headset. Uh, was very hype about it. It, it cost uh, a little bit around uh, I think it was three hundred something dollars, you know, there was a wait list for it, spent the time. Uh actually had some family member buy it for me and I was so gung ho to get this. Played with it uh for a good two weeks and guess where it is now, Sharica? <laughs> it's
7: one of it's, those two. it's collecting Man, he dust. Even play collecting with it dust beside. Collecting yeah, yeah. dust. Col- I asked him the other day, yeah, I said, Where is your little but I don't know. What? I'm there with
8: you. Right. So it, it it made sense to me in the moment. I, I was so swept up in everyone. Uh, you know, we're gonna live in this new world of virtual reality. Uh, you know, and it just so happened that the the pandemic was was right at our door, and so it, it was hot for a good month. And then I had to had to drop it like it was hot as well because it just wasn't. It really wasn't doing anything for me. It wasn't as good as I thought. <laughs> Right. And so uh, just to give us a little context, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 1 verse 8 says that all things are worrisome more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its feel of hearing. And uh, what the speaker is saying is that, you know what, man, there's always going to be stuff out there that will entice us. There's always going to be things out there that will look good to us, make us want to have it. But that's why we need to have a process or a uh, ability to find our focus, right? Uh, So we have to train ourselves, train our minds to understand what is good. Colossians uh, 3 and 2 says that you have to set your affections Uh, On things above. And so that setting is a process means that you have to be able to identify what makes sense for you. And that's the thing that uh, I think we have to spend time doing is, is finding what it is uh, that needs to be our focus. And so we've had a, a year of pent-up desires and expectations, uh, it might have us put God's word on the back burner. You know, I always think about during the pandemic, people have caught up on all their shows, and so now that you've caught up on your shows, what else What else you going to do? You know, hopefully mm-hmm. God is in there somewhere, right? Hopefully uh, there is a moment where we have clarified the space that God should have in our lives. Uh James four and two tells us that if we draw nigh to God, he will draw to us. If you resist the devil, he'll do what? Flee from you. And so I think that's something that we have to pay attention to, being able uh to find our focus. Uh but you know what, when there are so many things around us, Sharika, is it is it hard to uh see God while we have all these other things kind of uh getting our attention as well?
7: I don't think so. You know, everybody is stimulated differently, you know? Um, it could be by color, smell, taste, feeling, and that makes us go towards those things in which we desire. But when we pray and we ask for God to, you know, bless us with those desires of our heart, is is to me you're combining them together. You're waiting on God to give you that answer. Now you have to listen. If you're praying about something and something is not effortlessly um, falling into your lap, it's a struggle, those are things that you have to evaluate. But when something just falls smack dead in your lap and and you've been praying for this thing and it just comes out of nowhere, you know, that's from God. So I believe that you can take, I don't want to say best of both worlds, but you can take the two. Pray about your desires, give them to God, and watch Him lay them
8: out in front of you. All right, that's a that's a great answer. Of course, uh, my, my co-host may not be the best to ask the question to. I'm sure we struggle a little more than <laughs> others, uh, but not not to throw shade at you, Sharika. That's a great answer. I'm not saying that uh, you know everyone has that same focus that you do. But that's something that we have to get to, right, acknowledging that, hey, man, there's some things that I need. Lord, can you provide them for me? And then being able to wait for the answer. That's, that's a beautiful uh, sentiment right there. Uh, and so mm-hmm. keeping with this idea, and I feel like I got, I got too much to talk about, and, and I know I'm doing all of the talking right now. But uh, to get to this other point, so things that we lust for or desire cause us to undervalue what we already have. And so that kind of moves us to my, my second point. So the first thing is we have to find your focus. Uh, and the second thing is to realize that what the father has is enough. So what we see with the parable uh, is that the, the young man, when he comes to himself, what does he say? He says, doesn't my servant or doesn't the servants of my father's house uh, have more to eat or have everything that they need? So that's Luke 15. Uh, and 17, when he says, and when he came to himself, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And so I, I think that's something that, that we have to do as Christians is understand that what the Father has given you is enough. See, for the parable, I so say, for the prodigal son, it took him being on his back uh, from exhaustion to understand that, you know what, what, what the Father had in his house was good enough already. And maybe I just need to get back to my father's house. And so for some of us, I wonder if that same mindset needs to kick in. Maybe the reason we're struggling so hard in life is because we're trying to go for the wrong things, and we just need to realize, you know what, the Father has enough for us. i just just take, take a pause and let that sink in. Because, you know, sometimes we struggle for things that we don't need. James chapter 4, verse 1 says, from whence come wars and fighting among you. Can they not hint even of your lust that war in your members? So some of the, some of the reason why we uh, struggle as much as we do, we we're always in search of those greener pastures. It's because we don't understand that what God has blessed us with is enough already. And so, uh, Sharika, do you do you have any thoughts on that idea? Do you ever just find yourself, and we'll open it up to to more than just Sharika, but do you ever just find yourself saying, you know what, God, you you, you blessed me with enough.
7: Yes, I'm growing and evolving into that. Um, I haven't always been there. I had to understand what enough was, what that means, um, and finding joy and contentment in that. So that's a growth for everybody. So I hope that answers.
8: Yeah, I like it. I like it. Let's see. Uh, We'll we'll give the five-second pause. Do we have any other uh, committee members, audience members that talk about, you know, God has given me enough. I I have been able to find contentment. Okay, so that five seconds means yes, they have. They just don't want to say it on the radio. What about you, Julian?
7: Have you found contentment?
8: Uh, you know, I like to say that I, I have uh, w- progressed on that journey. I, I like to think that there are there is still work for me to do, still things that uh, I, I believe the Lord is putting on my plate. But I will say that I, I agree with Paul, Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in respect of one. I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. I mean, anyone who knows mm-hmm. me, you don't see me upset about much of anything because I enjoy my life. You know, the Lord has mm-hmm. blessed me with some things that I don't deserve. And so because mm-hmm. of that, you know, my mindset is, is always happy, joking. You know, people are always saying, Julian, you play too much. Well, you know, it's just <laughs> because my, my life is so great that I, I have right. no other choice, right? I mean you can't mm-hmm. get upset, then all you can do is, is be happy and find joy in what God has blessed you with. You know? mm-hmm.
7: We have so minutes
8: Right, right. And so we'll move on, move on to this, this last little segment, something for you to take with you. Uh, what your father has given you is enough. So I want you to ask yourself if the thing that you want, is it necessary for growth or is it just something for you to consume? Going back to James 4 and 11, he uh, says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. See, God has given us what we need to grow and sustain ourselves. So as things open up, we have to be mindful that we are structuring a new normal, and we have to stay closer to God. So that's the thing that you need to pay attention to. One, find your focus. Two, understand that what the Father has given you is enough. The prodigal son didn't know that till he was on his back. Hopefully, we have some people that aren't on their back, and they're figuring it out Uh, But if you are still with us, we're going to go to another break. Appreciate the energy. I know you heard a lot of me. Hopefully, next section, we'll hear more voices, more people identifying with the topic, and uh, we'll get you after this break.
2: All right, you worshipers. Time to forget about all all the the troubles that was brought in our life. Give it over to God. Yeah, I want you to know right now at this time we got to give Him
6: praise
2: Let everybody worship the Lord Let worship the Lord oh, Come on Saints it's worthy Everything.
8: All everything All the pain and Let
2: your trouble make Be worthy free. of the glory Giving the praise. praise Oh Together we can Yes, we can everybody oh. oh, I don't know about you oh, But it has shown up you to me Brothers come, this world has got changing hands. You might have brought some trials. You might have brought some tribulations here this morning. You might be feeling a little weary. But I came to tell you. I'm the worship of Him. worship Him. Together we take it to okay. the Lord in prayer. Oh, praise God for you. Praise God for you, brother. That's it, Just give your hands up. Just give your heart up. All right, well, welcome. To- oh, listening to
6: the Mid Tennessee Singles Hour Pie. Come oh. on.
2: I guess I will. Right, a and Brown against everybody,
8: right? <laughs> no, so if anything, uh just wanted to make sure that last section, then we'll jump into opening it up for everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. so the idea that God has given us everything that we need, uh so outside mm-hmm. of basic necessities, I just want us to be mindful of the things that we strive for, making sure that uh as this season of more, this season of getting uh what you didn't have before Uh, Has God a part of it? See, there's nothing wrong with wanting better for yourself. Jesus said he came to show us the abundant life. John 10 and 10, uh, the thief come but to steal and to kill. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If anything, I just want us to remember that the abundant life is in Jesus, not in the things that we own, not in the things that we possess, but in the spiritual (laughs) wisdom. that God has blessed us with. So the prodigal son is a great idea for that because it gives us that physical personification of the son coming back to himself, understanding that, you know, what what the father had was, was good enough. And uh, being able to come home and talk to his father. Uh, but don't want to take it all up, Sharika. You said you wanted to finish yeah. off something. Didn't want we'll jump into everybody else. So go Go ahead, sister.
7: Yeah. And just to wrap up, you know, with what I was saying earlier, about forgiveness and compassion. A lot of us may not know the process. We may not know the answer. We may make foolish decisions. But we thank God who is there to welcome us back with his open arms. His love never fails us. His love is always there. He is the source. He is our power. He is the one to get us through. He is the one when we're on our, flat on our back because we made the wrong decision. He's the one to lift, to give us his hand to help lift us up. We may not know the answers about tomorrow, but our God knows everything. So, so whenever somebody makes a mistake, do not forget to love them in spite of. Don't forget that where you were, we all had our prodigal son moment. But thank God we are where we are today. Love them. Help them. Show them compassion. Show them forgiveness. Someone could have done you wrong. We all have been dealt wrong. But forgive them. God has forgiven us for a lot of things that a lot of us won't bring to the surface. That's between you and God, but just remember that God is waiting for you. We all fall down; it's okay. Get back up, self-reflect, and keep moving
8: forward. All right, sounds great, Sharika. Uh, and again, y'all, if you know Sharika, she she had to turn it in a little bit because she was about to get it going for real on y'all. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we got the time limit because I don't know that we was ready. For the real Sharika to, to pop out on us, uh, but right. if we if we have anyone that has any other comments, uh, we'll we'll take a bit of those. Like I said, we'll do the five second freeze. If you got something, throw it out there, and if not, we're just gonna keep chatting.
7: Or even a testimony, share. You're in a safe place.
8: Yes,
6: this is Tim from uh, Michigan. Can you hear me? Yes.
11: Finish, say, How's brother. It say it with your chest, Tim. You're a little low.
6: <laughs> can you hear me?
7: <laughs> yes, we can hear you Hey, Tim. Uh,
6: how you doing?
7: Good Welcome to
6: Excuse the show you, Thank you uh, One of the things dealing with the prodigal of son uh, Parable Is that calamity and hunger Moved him to penitence uh, In his heart mm-hmm. And uh, uh, One of the things About him being a jew it was an utter shame for him to uh be feeding and eating with pigs uh mm-hmm. and i think i feel that this parable should be called the parable of the good father mm-hmm. because the father uh he had a father who cared and had compassion and also mm-hmm. celebrated his uh, son he didn't badger him and right. uh sharika pointed uh she uh uh Uh, made mention of this briefly but I I believe the main message of the prodigal son is that it doesn't matter how far we stray from our Heavenly Father or how much we squander the gifts he provides he is always delighted when we turn back to him
7: Amen.
6: and uh, uh, in closing uh, no distance can cheat the eyes of love Amen say
7: that one more time
6: No distance can cheat the eyes of love.
7: Amen. And I love it. You know, you you spoke about the father, and the father and the prodigal son, he was a great example of what love is. You know, we don't want to be like the brother. I think a lot of us turn out to be like the brother. We become jealous and envious, like, wait a minute, how are you going to welcome him back? He done came out here, he done, you know, lost all his money and, was out here in the streets and I never left you. I've always been here. I've always served you the I I I like you're better than the one that made a mistake. We can't be like that. Everybody's journey is different. And and his experience is different from his brother's. But his father gave an example of what true love looks like. Whether you going through it in your marriage, on your job, in your relationship with your kids, whoever. That's what love is. It forgives wrongs. Now, it's always easier said than done. Now, that's the reality. Time to get there. He accepted him right off the gate because that's his son. And that's what God does to us. Are we going to be perfect like that? Probably not. You know, there might be some silent treatment out there. We might, you know, not talk to them or do whatever. But, however, you know, we want to strive to be able to forgive and show compassion. Thank you so much, Tim, for that comment. Does anybody else want to give a testimony or share? We have about five minutes. Uh, We're super excited. Unmute your phone. We want to hear from you. So go ahead and start speaking.
10: (laughs) Hi, this is Brenda from Nashville. Um, hey, Brenda.
2: Just, hey.
7: <laughs> hey. welcome just, to the show. Oh, thank
10: you. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say in regards to the parable of the son, I think um, he had to figure things out pretty quick. He got that, that gift from his father, and he went out and squandered it. He did go out and squander it, but he realized you have a lot of friends when you got money. And so when the money was gone, they were gone too. So he had to figure things out pretty quick, use out that scrap and just try to get a decent meal. And uh, he had no choice but to go home. But thank God his his father had the compassion that he did and welcomed yeah. him back home. Right. And uh, I think that's where wisdom come in also because he's learned his lesson hmm So, yeah,
7: that's the point, Brenda. Some people learn wisdom before they go out into the streets, and some people learn it when they come back home.
10: You know, exactly. Day, he can't judge. Yeah, he got out there and realized life wasn't all after parties and mm-hmm. rain. He, mm-hmm. he had to have responsibility with what he had, and he didn't. He didn't do that.
7: Right. So, right. Mm-hmm. And that's whenever we have people that come through our doors, that's sitting on our pews. You know, everybody's coming in, you know, from a different journey. Everybody has their own mm-hmm. issues. Someone can be coming from a straight and narrow home sitting on a pew, and someone can be just coming from off the street. But we're here to love them, fight of where they come from. Now, is it okay mm-hmm. to give, um, I don't want to say correction, but um, we can speak to people in love. We have to be careful yes. when we do speak to people who have been out there in the far country and are coming back, because some of the things of what we say to people can turn them right back out there.
10: Absolutely. And so we have
7: to be mindful on how we do it, and relationship does play a part when you are speaking to someone who is coming from, you know, the the faraway country or as they say, out there in the streets. Um, thank you so much, Brenda. That was a, a great comment. Oh, you're welcome. Julian, or is there anybody else out there that wanna share testimony? We have a couple of minutes. I know you guys are excited. I know you don't want to hang up, but we have a couple of hey, minutes Charika. left and we want to get everybody in there.
5: <laughs> uh Sharika. Yeah, William Cotton is trying to um chime in. So um William, you have to take your phone off and mute. I don't know. Are you there?
11: I can you hear me now?
7: Yes,
11: yes. Okay, I was muted. <laughs> I've been trying to talk <laughs> for the last 30 minutes. It's all good. Oh, father. But, uh, <clears throat> don't worry about it. But you and, you and Julian are doing, a, first of all, fantastic job. Um, this is Brother William Cotton. I just really wanted to say this piece, and I was waiting for somebody else to say this part, but I think this is a part of the story that really doesn't get talked about a lot, um, and I, I really won't take up a lot of time. I'm going to try to keep this two minutes or less, but if you read, um, in chapter 50, Luke chapter 15, verses 25 through 32, you'll read where the older brother got upset at the father for allowing the younger brother to come back in after he had been out there doing his riotous living. And the point I really want to make and drive home without trying to preach a sermon or teach a Bible class is that a lot of times uh, your worst enemy – Will come from your family Those closest to you And a lot of times people don't like to see you win If you've been out there in the world The prodigal son knew what, who the Lord was his, his daddy had taught him right Obviously he did because he said I'm going to apologize First of all to heaven Which we know that represents God Then he said I'm going to apologize to my daddy And I'm just going to try to come back And just be a hired servant So he knew something about the Lord That's point number one Point number two When he came back Um, His dad has taught him from afar off, which basically symbolizes that God sees us where we are. We don't have to come up on God for him to actually see us. God sees us exactly where we are in that pig pen. And as we're coming back to God, God say, I'm going to snatch you up because I love you that much, and I'm going to put you back in your rightful place. Point number three, and the last point I wanted to make is, uh, which is very similar to the first point, Uh, A lot of people are not going to be happy for you that you've come back to the Lord, that you've come back to your family, that you're doing the right thing, especially those who are closest to you. And family members are normally the worst
8: because, as Mm -hmm. I
11: always call it, they know how to push that little red button to get you to try to uh, go back person you used Mm -hmm. to be. That's why we have to let go of that old man and embrace the new man. But it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Julian talked about focus. Uh, one of my favorite things is, I like to focus on my focus. <laughs> I, I like to really get in there and dig in and focus on what it is that I need to be doing for God. So we always just have to remember that everybody's not going to be happy, but as long as we're pleasing God, everything's going to be all right. God bless you. thank you for your time.
7: Well, thank you for that comment, um, Brother Cotton. Um, Julian, I know you're still on here. Um, we have to end the show. I'm so sad because I don't want to see y'all go.
8: Definitely sure. making sure that we are uh, appreciative of our audience. Thank you guys for chiming in. Committee members, uh, audience members, thank you for yeah. that. Uh, the topic, the grass isn't always greener. Just helping us to remember that even though there are a lot of things out there, maybe those things uh, are when God has for you. Uh, so just pay attention to your desires and making sure that you stay in the Father's house. Thank you, Stevie B., for giving us this opportunity to thank just share you. a little bit of wisdom with you. And uh, if you like what we do, uh, find us on Facebook, and uh, I'm sure yeah. we'll continue that conversation. Back to you, yeah. Brother Steven.
2: Thank you.
1: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
2: Will you forgive me? For i And will you accept me? As I kneel at your throne who still love And although my brother He will always criticize and accuse But Yes he will But I know that my Jesus He will make me new Blood is strong to enough, clean enough to again. clean me up or the dorm again please, please, please wash me free, free from the pain, from pain, pain of all pain of my sins and Lord please use cause me cause I'm ready at oh, my bidding yeah, Lord use Lord, use Lord here my i God sure of a second chance I see them cry And they each have a stone Dear Lord But you milk beside me Jesus And my fears are all gone Praise God because you give me peace, peace I, that surpasses the mind, and I know that in Jesus', Jesus. That sweet compassion, compassion I'm My sinner, please use me. Be you, be, be Cause you're my God. Ooh. I'm thankful for my God. I'm grateful for it. Give me a good chance. No more shame, no more doubt, no more guilt, Lord. So I have to Lord to you. that the book says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that same book says that there's none righteous no not one. See, if you're honest with yourself, you'll admit that we've all needed a second chance. And it was only
8: because of His grace and His mercy that we're here today. Because the Lord is long-suffering willing that anybody should perish but that all should
2: come to repentance and see repentance that's the key because in repentance that's where you learn to turn around and God gives you a second chance you turn from selfishness turn toward godliness you turn from anger turn toward joy you turn from hatred turn Turn towards love. My brother and my sister, God will give you, God you a change. second chance. If you just time. Turn to love. Oh, Lord, right. oh, oh, my oh, dog, Till you get a Well, you got just, just turn? Turn around. around. Turn around, turn around, turn around. And in around, out and around and around for your second Just as Lord.
1: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's word. I want to thank both uh, my speakers on the show this evening, John Mayberry and also Shauna Otis and Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry. Now, this ministry is on this broadcast every third Tuesday of the month you can hear their presentations on this radio show we certainly appreciate them and also my special guest in the community corner tammy Randall. she came in at the last minute and we certainly appreciate her presentation on the broadcast as well i appreciate everyone who participated on the show this evening what a blessing what a blessing it is baby to hear the word of god proclaimed during the week and we certainly appreciate the effort that has been rendered on this broadcast. It is my prayer that these lessons this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuned in to this broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord, radio show. On behalf of my co-hosts, Isa Mullins, Shauna Otis, and Lou Givers, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio broadcasts. I'm your host, Steve rod Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you.
1: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
0: This may be
2: the last time. This may be the last time, children. This may be the last
1: time. baby.
0: show episode
2: two hundred and four with all the talk what is your goal with all the talk what is your goal with all the talk what is your go? now that you, know, that, you know, that you know 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 that heaven is my goal no matter what they say, yeah. do, 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 do. call me and I'll go. Do, 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 do. I'll tell you, I'm not saying. Yeah. Lord, I hear the streets of hate, the pure gold. gold breath of God blow gently through my soul. The pearly gates shine, sparkles on the rainbow beam. Lord, I give my all to you Please make my dreams come true Heaven is my goal That's the song you say what I believe God knows I'll never change my mind The promise said that heaven is a fairy tale It's silly to believe that's what they told me yeah This world is all the hell and we are gonna get all of the But he no perfect peace That's why we found That's why I am leaving think why When he comes in the fight I'm gonna be ready be ready, when he comes back now I'll be ready, heaven is my goal, no matter what they're saying, call me and I'll go, i tell you I'm not saying, eternal life is for you with And Father loves us too, just like me, yeah Over Him today, this world is not your home You're just passing through, just like me Talk me in one day I believe God knows I'll never change my mind, no Heaven is my goal No matter what they're saying Call me and I'll go I'll tell you I'm not saying Heaven is my goal if, they if you want to heaven to heaven to I believe God to is my goal I'll never change my mind No all the Heaven is my oh, goal, goal. Go, 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 go. No goal. matter what you're saying Heaven Call me if my I'll I'm not Heaven my goal the with all the, I've never change my mind, no Heaven, heaven is my goal No matter what they're saying Call me an I, what is my goal I say it, I'm not saying With all the love, what is your goal? With all the love, what is your goal? You know that you know, that you know, that you know That you know that you know that?